Good evening, gum, you black folk. Good evening, Krogons and Dream you Blacks and Flimblows and Slimp. Good evening to the Cokeheads and the Hookers. Good evening to the Pimps and the Street Daddies. This is a tune of FCC. This is the tune of FCC for Ham Radio on Monday, <laughs> Monday, January the 3rd, 2022, in the date and time and age range of Boblimtok. To the tune of FCC, baby. to the boomers out there, the boomer generation that watches its 401ks explode, drops a blue pill, gets all bench rent, takes out their blim blabs and drinks a vodka, and then thinks to themselves, I can go find Roxy the hooker, but she died of herpes three years ago. Yes, indeed, the boomers listen on their ham radios checking QRZ. They check their databases to make sure you have the right license so you can talk to them about the Rona they had last week. Yes, they had the Rona seven times. They've taken eight or twelve vaccinations. Their bodies are filled with all kinds of interesting compounds. Their minds are filled with parasites. They'll tell you about their condo in, in Lake Tahoe. They'll tell you how it's worth 1.5 mil. They'll talk about their apartment in New York. The one where the hooker died. They'll talk about their Beamer. They'll talk about their BMW. They'll say, baby, you want to take a trip? on my sky yacht and then they'll tell you that somewhere in the sky is a love parade yeah this is the planetary status report and this is your friend Dan and I have a bunch of notes from the last month that I'm titling Christmas Garbage because after Christmas you have the pain and the disappointment, you have the foil wrap and all of the ribbons, you have 
the Christmas tree decorations and the little glass balls, the one you busted because you got angry. After Christmas, you have to clean up the pain and the disarray. After Christmas, you gotta step in and fix things. After Christmas, you gotta, you know, focus on the positive, right? Did you make a New Year's resolution? Are you going to lose 20 pounds? I found it. I found it buried under the garage. I found the 20 pounds you lost last year buried under the garage, buried in a shallow grave, covered with concrete. Do you have a New Year's resolution, boomer person out there? I shouldn't beat up on boomers. They're okay. I have a friend who is going to start publishing some stuff on the blog and you know, hopefully I can get a few other writers out there to participate. His focus is going to be radio stuff. But he's talked a lot about the ham radio people who are boomers. And they check the database for the FCC. You know, the, the FCC. Yes, the boomer will check the database. They'll verify you have a right to say something. The boomer will check QRZ and verify your call sign. I'll tell them mine is Bravo. Bravo, Bravo Victor 6, Delta 8 Niner, Niner 7 Quebec. I'll tell them I'm on fire. I'll tell them I'm lost at sea. They'll check QRZ and decide if they want to save me. I've made kind of a decision about the podcast going forward after maybe a couple more. I think I'm going to try to do some more interviews, but keep them spaced out. Um, spaced out. That's good. Keep them distributed over the timeline and just as spaced out. But I'm also going to try to switch for the individual podcast to a more purely fictional um format, a lot like The Lost Lectures of Charles Manson, but that particular series is on hold. Volume 1 is complete. I'll, I'll leave it to the imagination for now, but I'm thinking of doing another fictional series, and it'll amount to doing, you know, an audio chapter as the podcast, and then maybe you publish it, you know, but I, I don't really want to talk about the news any longer because most of it's garbage. You know, I think we're at the point now where the amount of entropy in the system, and specifically the news system, is so great that even if there was an interest in telling the truth, you'd never see it. 
And I don't think there's an interest in either telling the truth or acknowledging the truth. I don't think that the system wants you to know, and I don't think a lot of people want to know. I think that's why the magical monkey herpes COVID psyop has been so fucking successful. Because people basically, you know, <laughs> it's something that apparently has a cure. You can take the horse dewormer. If you believe in the magical vaccine, you can do that. You can wear a mask. None of those things will help you if you can't, you know, find food or, or clean water or shelter that'll keep you from freezing to death. None of those things are going to help you with actual survival here pretty fucking soon. But you know what? If you can believe in the Rona, you can believe other things like, well, don't worry about it. The magical food fairy, the magical food fairy makes sure the food always shows up. That's what our comrade tells us, so that's what we fucking believe. So yeah, I think I'm going to do short stories, because hey, why not? And maybe I'll integrate the news, and maybe I won't, but there's really no point. I was thinking about the GoDaddy thing, you know, the GoDaddy ripping me off, the GoDaddy stealing my money, and it's a reminder that even I am still denial anger bargaining, just like the rest of most of you motherfuckers. Sure, I may not have as much haze in my brain case, but I have a little. Thinking something like that matters. It doesn't. It's irrelevant. It, it's a problem from prior to 2019. It's not a real problem. The reason why all the second and third stringers are getting CEO slots, the reason why people are magically disappearing and cashing out is the same reason why they're telling you about the Omnicron, the Opticron, the, the Omni Supercron 7000 virus that supposedly doesn't really kill anybody, but there's all kinds of cases. And, and, and clearly that PCR test keeps working, right? It does. It works for them. And I don't need to hear you. Well, I know a doctor. You know what? Most of these doctors are shitheads now. They really are. I'd almost rather have my own medical manuals and treat myself than go to a fucking hospital. I'd almost rather train a dog to perform surgery than go to one of these fucking places. That's where I'm at with these motherfucking hospitals. They have like the lawyers vis-a-vis -vis the Bill of Rights, they have let you down. So this GoDaddy thing about losing intellectual property, about having fees stolen, it doesn't matter that the CEO of GoDaddy's probably a piece of shit. It doesn't matter that it's a piece of shit company. It doesn't matter that they have a chat app that apparently links to some phone application called Goober, where anybody can do tech support, even a crackhead in an alley, as long as you have the Goober app on your smartphone, you can do tech support for GoDaddy. Doesn't matter. We are so far beyond those being real problems, we need to, we need to all get over it, including, you know, myself. And yeah, I decided to take some money and purchase some more hosting uh, before the end, almost as an optimistic hedge. Like this idea that maybe I could be wrong. Maybe this is just a big fiasco. Or maybe it is just the base case. Currency collapse, which would be great. Really. It would be great if it's just that. If it's just the collapse of the dollar empire, 
it's going to be hard and miserable and difficult. And yes, a lot of people will starve to death. But if it's just the collapse of the dollar empire, it is something that we can make it through. And and if you live in an honest and decent community of people who can stop being shitheads and pull their heads out of their butts and actually solve problems, then you can potentially prosper, you know? And in terms of life, you might find out that life on the other side of dollar collapse might end up being more meaningful than the shitty cancer life you had before. You don't know. But also a lot of people will die, and that's the best case scenario. If it's the worst case, if what they're doing is covering up something so horrible that they had to conduct military psychological warfare operations on billions of people for two fucking years, if it's as horrible as the lie that's covering up the the COVID, the race war, all the fucking daily nonsense, the never-ending Biden bullshit, if in fact what they are covering up matches the deception, then you should pray to the Lord in heaven for mercy. And if you don't believe in God, you should live every day like it's your last because it could be. So I say... Wager on collapse. That's, you know, bad, but that's not the end of the world bad, right? It's just the end of a paradigm. Next topic, anyways. But it is Monday. It is January the 3rd, and it is 2022. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. The problem with being fooled is you don't really know you're being fooled while you're being fooled. That may not be a very profound quote, but it's important to acknowledge at this point. There was this uh, this this hullabaloo, this kerfuffle around Joe Rogan and this Dr. Malone, and he talked about mass psychosis formation or whatever. And what I'm telling you is Malone is another example of someone who will tell you, well, the COVID is kind of real, and it's a fiasco, and they accidentally mind-fucked billions of people. No, they didn't accidentally do anything. Take Hanlon's razor and dump it in the ocean with the bodies. Okay? There was no accident to it. But this whole Malone thing is spreading the same thing. You know, horse dewormer, COVID is kind of real, Wuhan murder virus bullshit. Yeah, it's a slightly different version. And it's certainly a version that makes it seem like it's in opposition to the system. But in reality, it pushes the same fear, anger, confusion, and nonsense. The problem with being deceived is if you're deeply deceived, it is almost impossible to break out. It is like being probably stuck in the worst labyrinth of caves ever. There's no candle, there's no light. All you can do is grope around on the walls, and you don't want to because there's stuff that's squishy and moving on the walls. That's what it's like being deceived on this scale. You could find your way out, but it's painful and gross. You'll have to accept the possibility that the U.S. hospital systems use COVID as a way to manage liability. Then in reality, they lied because of money. You have to manage the possibility that these pharma companies don't like you, don't care for you, 
They're just using you as a cash cow. You have to deal with the fact that Bill Gates is a mass poisoner. And in a just world, his ass would be in jail awaiting execution. It's way easier to believe the monkey herpes, to listen to Anthony Fauci, okay, the guy who tortures dogs, to listen to that guy and say, oh yeah, put on one mask, two masks, three masks, one vaccination, two vaccinations, no vaccinations help. Hey, another cruise ship caught fire because the COVID drove the crew mad and they doused themselves in liquid fuel. being deceived are in a tough situation and we've all been there I've been there I was you know I went to grade school in a Catholic school and you could say well it was a private school yeah but it was a Catholic school and what you should know about the Catholic Church is it is its own kind of government and it spreads its own kind of propaganda and some of its propaganda changes over time but mostly it's about power so I was told a lot of bullshit when I was in Catholic school a lot of it wasn't very Christian, and I was told a lot of bullshit when I was in public school, and none of it was Christian. And I, and then back then, I wasn't a Christian, so it probably didn't matter on any real level. But what I didn't realize is I was being fed layers and layers of garbage. And when I graduated high school, I felt like I broke through a couple layers. But in reality, I was still deeply trapped. It's why I went in the army. I mean, I legitimately believed when I took, took the oath in 96 that I was defending a free republic. I was crazy. I don't know that we were ever a free republic, but by 1996, we were decades down the road from that. So I, I believed a lot of nonsense coming out of Mount Vernon, Washington. And in my own defense, Mount Vernon, Washington was not the big city. It wasn't the urban decay. It wasn't on the edge of tomorrow, the edge of oblivion. It was just a small town. And it's not the same town today it was then, but then what is? And so back then it was small town thinking, small town America. For the most part, people left each other the fuck alone. And in, you know, I would say in rural America, even still today, People strive for a kind of basic, unspoken sort of, you know, I don't want to call it libertarianism, but a belief in freedom. Leave your neighbor the fuck alone. If your neighbor's not bothering you, don't bother them. That's an easy rule to learn. But I grew up with nonsense. I grew up with a lot of nonsense. When I got to school, got to university, I went into debt so I could learn nonsense. When I went to graduate school, I went to more debt to learn nonsense. I had a few classes later in life that helped, but for the most part, I went into massive student loan debt so I could be fucking lied to. And it doesn't matter if I went to a good school or a bad school. You could have gone to Harvard. Chances are you were just as mind-fucked as I was. When you're in the midst of deception, and it doesn't matter if it's the government or a relationship, it's hard to break out. It's kind of like, you, okay, you say to yourself, well, 
how can that person deal with an abusive husband or an abusive wife? How can that person deal with a lover or a loved one that does things to them, that tricks them in mean ways, that beats them up? How could they do it? But if you understand the way that that works, it's hard to escape. You know, because you can constantly say, as I said in a previous podcast, well, they didn't really mean it, right? How could they have known? We accidentally pushed the people down the stairs. You know, gravity did the rest. How could we have known? You know, I don't want to beat that dead horse any longer, but when you're being fooled, it is almost impossible to see through it because you are a participant in the tomfoolery. That's what's going on in America today. One of my barometers for knowing how fucked up shit is, is the degree to which so-called intelligent people are rationalizing this bullshit. I mean, it's one thing to see somebody jogging in Seattle when it's 90 degrees out wearing two masks. I mean, it's unhealthy as fuck, given that the oxygen level in that city is already trash. But sure, put on two fucking masks and go jog three miles. That's crazy. That's fucking stupid. But do it if you want to. You know, try not to die in the street so you block traffic, though. All of this nonsense requires a kind of implicit agreement between the person deceiving and the person being deceived. It's a lot like magic, you know, or hypnosis, but I would say definitely magic. If you want to understand how psychological warfare works, understand the following. For it to work, you have to know what your subject wants. If you're, if you're an Iraqi soldier in the desert, somewhere around Kuwait in early 1991, something you might want is not to be blown to bits or to starve to death in a cave because you got buried alive by B-52 strikes. You might not want to just die. And so one of the things you're going to do with your propaganda towards that Iraqi soldier, that, you know... <laughs> Republican guard soldier, potentially, is you're going to drop leaflets saying, hey, you give up, you get food, you get, you know, whiskey and hookers, maybe not that, but you get help. I'm not saying they got help. That's irrelevant. That's not the fucking point. But in order for that propaganda to have a chance in hell of succeeding, you have to know what people want. What Americans want are cheap, easy answers. They want a microwave Velveeta answer. Hey, the, the evil Chinese thought up a killer virus that kind of sort of maybe didn't kill anybody and magically made the flu go away and covered up hospital liability for hospital-acquired infection for two fucking years. But other than all the magic and the, and, and the graft and the greed and the... Yeah. What Americans want to believe is that there's a magical thing they can do. They can push a button. They can take some horse dewormer and they'll be fine. But like I said, the horse dewormer is not going to help you when you're starving to death. It really, really won't. I mean, maybe removing worms will help you in the sense that the worms won't be eating your food. But it's not going to help you with the starving to death. Americans want to believe in things or support things or participate in things like a lot of other people. And let's just say human beings in general. Human beings in general want to have some happy fucking ending. It's not uncommon. We, we want it. We desire it. Probably 
one of the impulses for de developing mythology, maybe even perhaps religion, is the pursuit of a happy ending. I'm a Christian, but I can recognize that there's more going on than just the spiritual aspect. But again, folks, in order for this to work, just like magic, the people being fooled have to participate. They have to want the lie to be true. Yeah, they have a breaking point, and I hate to say it, no I don't, I'll just tell you, the breaking point's pretty much here. A lot of people are going to start just, you know, going crazy. And it's going to get worse. And there's no reset world you build on that. There is no Klaus Schwab, Disneyland paradise of owning nothing you build on an asylum and on a cemetery. There is not. If you want to believe it, fine. You probably believe it because you need to. Maybe you're mining bitcoins. You need to believe the lights will always be on. Maybe you're a middle-level middle level suck-up bureaucrat, and you need to believe that you'll be taken to a heliport and transported to the complex where all the good people get to live in the capital city. Whatever the fuck reason you have for believing the reset, the reset cannot, will not, and won't happen. But it is a psyop, and it is bullshit that people are participating in and deciding to believe. Next topic. Another quote from Dr. Freckles, and, and as I said in a previous podcast, I am thinking about collecting all these quotes here and putting them into some kind of a fucking book. But another quote from Dr. Freckles. Don't be afraid of retreating. It means you still have a chance to win. Don't be afraid of retreating it means you still have a chance to win. Now, what does that mean? Well, again, I have a lot of Christmas trash to get through, but this, this is an interesting one. Um, I think a lot of people think of success in linear terms, and because of that, they're set up for failure. And I don't mean the failure of life. That happens every day. People make mistakes, get over it. I mean the absolute fail failure. You know, it's like if you're a senior in high school and you're applying for colleges and, you know, maybe you have a 3.5 GPA, but you only decide to apply to Yale or Harvard or something. Well, maybe you'll get in, but maybe you won't. And the thing is, you're setting yourself up for failure. If your entire life is defined by that one event, or if you're a parent and you say, oh, if my kid doesn't get into Harvard, my kid is fucked, then yeah, you've set yourself up for some really serious, absolute fucking failure. But the reality is life is about, in part, making mistakes. And you could say the skill set of living is the skill set of surviving mistakes. We're all going to make mistakes. We're going to make mistakes with relationships. We'll make mistakes in the cars we buy. We'll make mistakes with money. Some of us will be better at one thing than the other. But every real human being on planet Earth makes mistakes. All of us. We do it. 
It's not something to be afraid of, and it's certainly not something to focus on. But it's good to be good at surviving mistakes. It is. It's good to be good at having a callus around your soul, a bit of a callus, a bit of a, a bit of a stiffness, a toughness. It's good to have that. And when it comes to a project, life, I mean, I, I had a, a programming project I worked on this last year, and I have to tell you, I think I failed. Um, I don't think I, you know, did so purpose, purposefully. I didn't have an agenda to fail. But the reality is I thought I was capable of more than I was capable of at the time. And it was one of those situations where, you know, shoestring budget, let's see what we can do really fast. And even though I probably could have succeeded, the mindset I needed was the mindset I had 20 years ago. If I had the mindset I had 20 years ago, I could have ignored all kinds of things and gone to pretend land and maybe I would have succeeded, but I don't. And you know what? It's okay. It's okay to fail. It's okay for projects to fail. It happens. I, I can't really tell you anything else, but you got to move on and you got to keep trying. Uh, that is also true. To retreat um, is, in fact, you know, the concept of retreat is ambiguous because growing up, you talk about people going on retreats where they would go to some seminar for the weekend. We're going on retreat. Our Christian group is going on retreat. It's a Bible retreat. And that has one kind of meaning. And it has a meaning, and it's interesting and important, where people get together and they relax and maybe they disconnect, and there you go, you have a retreat. In military terms, a retreat is where you give up territory. You give up time, you give up space. You give up something to get something back. You give up space to have time, you give up time to have space. But in either case, you give something up. You're exchanging something you have for something you want, and that is another day which means mostly you're giving up space for time. That's pretty much what a retreat is. You give up space, you give up resources, you, you even give up troops in a sense to have that time you need. Okay, the time you need to fight back. Um. Don't be afraid of retreating. As Dr. Freckles says, don't be afraid of retreating. It means you still have a chance to win. It means you still have an opportunity to succeed. Yeah, it sucks to be in retreat because it feels like you're losing and technically you are. But you're also giving yourself another chance to win. Next topic. And this next one is a quote from Dr. Freckles. I kind of talked about it, I think, with um, my friend Jim on the last podcast. But this is a quote from Dr. Freckles. It's okay to stop at libertarian because from there, it's a short dash to freedom. Dr. Freckles. Listen, I, I've been on the freedom train I started out as a Republican. I made my way almost to anarchism. 
Then I quote unquote fell in love and ended up veering off those tracks back towards a kind of small government Republican nonsense. Then I ended up in the libertarian land and then ultimately in libertarian land in 2016, I looked across the no man's land and I saw free people. Now, they weren't the richest people, they weren't the fanciest people, they weren't the shiniest people, but they were legitimately free because they were living the way they wanted to. You can call them agorists, you can call them anarchists, anarcho-capitalists, you can call them voluntarists, you use whatever fucking name you want to. They don't ask for permission to be free because they were born free. They don't ask the question, do people deserve to be free, because they know we need to be free. They don't spend a lot of time focusing on political bullshit because they know that voting is nonsense. And even if it worked, it would still be crooked nonsense. And it doesn't really work. I ended up in Libertarianville, and I would look across that no man's land, and eventually I saw that it was really just one thing I needed to do. I needed to either get back on the train, if I had the money, to go all the way there, or I just needed to make the mad dash across no man's land. But in either case, at least if you end up in Libertarianville, you're a lot closer to freedom. It's a lot like being in East Berlin. You could, you could, you could do a tunnel underneath the wall. You could do a, a mad dash on a skateboard underneath the checkpoint. There are lots of ways you could just quickly, quickly scurry across that no man's land to freedom. So, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the Libertarian Party, but I will say this. It is the last place you will spend any time before you finally recognize what it means to be free. It is the last place you will spend any time debating, well, how much of a caretaker government do we need? We Do we need lawyers and cops to protect intellectual property? You know what, brothers and sisters, we have a shitload of cops and we have a shitload of lawyers and all my shit was stolen by GoDaddy a month ago and nobody fucking cares. So for all your fucking intellectual property bullshit, it is bullshit. The reality is it means thugs like Disney can go around with a DMCA and beat people over the head, but ordinary everyday schmucks can get totally fucked. That's, that's what you get for your Libertarianville, your Cato Institute. But what about protecting property rights? You know how you protect your property rights? You protect them. You want to keep your land? Don't be a dick. You want to survive in the world to come? Learn how to solve problems without pointing guns at people. There are things you can do to protect your property, and none of it has anything to do with a fucking lawyer or a fucking cop. But if you're still in libertarian land, you can imagine, well, I just want cops to enforce the laws. I just want a few laws. Oh, that someone came along and said we need a new law, but then the cops can enforce that one too. Listen, you slippery slope piece of shit. If you actually want to be free, make the mad dash. Go across the no man's land. Get on that fucking rinky-dink East German fucking skateboard and slide your ass underneath the checkpoint. Freedom is at least a little closer if you're in libertarian land. So be sure to make the dash.
Next topic. If you ever watched the old Twilight Zone series, and I think this applies to Outer Limits as well, Outer Limits or Twilight Zone, whenever the astronauts would go someplace, an asteroid, a planet, you name it, whatever place they went to, invariably it looked like a desert. And you could say, well, Dan, that's because they were filming in the California desert and they couldn't, didn't have any good special effects. And so if space is all desolate like a desert, it's easier to work with. Don't be a dick. I get it. I get it. We're talking about 1960s special effects making all of space a fucking desert make sense. There's this quote from Dr. Freckles in that show, The Twilight Zone, space is basically a desert. I don't want to say anything else. That's enough. I get it. It's cheap. It's cheap-ass cheap to make asteroids like deserts. I mean, of course, it makes zero sense, especially when you see people walking in 1G of gravity on an asteroid that might just be 20 miles long, you know. But hey, that's you're thinking too deeply, Dan. Next topic. Another quote from Dr. Freckles, Consciousness is paranoia. I've talked about this one before. Um... And it's, it's worth revisiting because it might be one of those things that leads to people, A, listening to the psyops, and B, finding themselves trapped by their own foolishness. Consciousness, in a lot of ways, is the foundation of paranoia. For, for the simple fact that you're finite, you know, other creatures are finite, I think, you know, these dogs that live in this house have consciousness, but what they don't have is total knowledge. You know, I have consciousness, but I don't have total knowledge. I don't know everything. I'm not omniscient. So I'm aware of the world. The problem is there's a lot of shit that I just don't even know of. And when it shows up on my radar or your radar or your dog's radar, it's not uncommon for it to create fear and anger and you know, all sorts of other negative emotions. It's not uncommon to be trapped in the fight or flight when you're confronted with something new. In that sense, consciousness in some ways, perhaps almost every way, is very akin to what paranoia is and vice versa. And you could say, well, Dan, that's a very disturbing view of consciousness, but really is it? I mean, when you break down what you can do versus what you think you can know, and when you break down what you actually can know versus what you can perceive and see and experience, you find that you can experience a huge universe. And that huge universe may be mostly misunderstood. Next topic. So I was listening to this YouTube bullshit over Christmas because I wanted to listen to bullshit Christmas songs. I don't want to go into it. I hate YouTube, but they're all kind of shit, and I just I just wanted to make a quick little list of Christmas songs. Call me a sappy piece of shit fuckhead. Just some Bing Crosby. I'm dreaming of a white fucking Christmas. How racist is that? Yeah. But I was watching the YouTube music, you know, Christmas channel, and this commercial shows up. And it's for this dude. He's always on. He has these really long-ass commercials. They can last almost an hour. And he'll usually start with, look at this bon- look at this banana. You want to know why you feel sick? 
why you feel like you don't have energy, look at this fucking banana. Look at this brown-ass, shitty-ass banana. I got it down the street at Glumbly's. They sell old-style, you know, non-protectatoid, all kinds of greasy gumbo bananas. Look at this fucking banana. You want to know why you feel sick? You want to know why your wife is cheating on you? Look at this motherfucking banana and how brown it is inside. And that's usually where I just, you know, skip the rest of the commercial. I just don't care. Um, it's another one of these things where if you can just change one thing in your life, everything becomes fine. Other than faith in Jesus, I don't know of anything other than prayer and other than faith in Jesus that can help you like that. I, I think all of it's kind of nonsense. It's like that that book, The Secret, which amounted to saying that if you imagine something to be true, it'll be true. And in, in all fairness, you can direct that criticism towards people who are religious, people who believe in God, like myself. If you want to imagine a God, then there'll be a God. I don't think it really works that way, but people make that argument and you have to listen to it. It's, it's a kind of reasonable argument. But what I am telling you, if you see some doctor holding up some fucking banana and claiming that because it's brown, therefore you're brown, racist, and you must be sick inside because you're eating toxic food from the inner city, and it's turning you into a brown banana racist... Another quote from Dr. Freckles, because I'm tired of the brown banana. If the world were less tripwire and more flow, oh, how far we could go. That's Dr. Freckles. If the world, if the world, if, if life and the world were less tripwire, more flow, oh, how far we could go, Dr. Freckles. What does that mean? Well, a tripwire is something you hide. It's like a booby trap, um, like a deadfall you know, with punji sticks. A tripwire is something you hide. And typically, if you trip a wire for the tripwire, you trip it, you set off an explosive, a claymore mine. Maybe you cause one of those Indiana Jones balls to roll towards you. Maybe some ancient Sumerian poison dart shoots into your brain. The thing about living in a tripwire world is you get really nervous about doing anything at all. Now think about America post-1900. And I'm not claiming that we were this gleaming city on the hill prior to 1900. But think about all the bureaucracy, starting with the FDA, that was created after 1900. And ask yourself, how much of the world was closed off and blocked and restricted and potentially completely clogged up forever by that bullshit institution? Now if you want to say, well, Dan... The FDA protected us from patent medicine and bad meat. And what I'm telling you is all of the above is bullshit. You still have bad meat. You're still get being 
given bad drugs. There's a reason why Pfizer doesn't want to talk about its vaccination for 55 years, you fuck. Okay? So the argument behind the FDA is a lot of nonsense. A lot of nonsense. But then that is the mindset of your average voter. A lot of nonsense in their head. In a free world, um, where you don't have a government telling you how to live, where people learn to solve problems voluntarily and cooperatively, in a free world, it's more about flow. It's more about things moving versus things being stopped. It's more about not restricting, more about allowing. And of course, you still have your community and you still have your property and you still have your ability to make decisions upon what you want and what you don't want. But ultimately, when you get rid of the lawyers and the accountants and the bureaucrats, things will move around. It's kind of like the nonsense about the port facilities. I don't know if the so-called container thing is a psyop. I think it might be, or it could be true. If it's true, it kind of makes as much sense. Our system, our neo-Stalinist economic system, is not designed to allow flow. It is highly restricted. I know when they sold you globalism, they claimed it was the opposite. That was a lie. They lied to you. They put a highly restricted system on top of the world of commerce. They took your factories and they put them in catapults and launched them overseas and then told you, don't worry, shit will always show up. But that was a lie. In a free world, I can tell you, if it's possible, it'll happen. If people will want it, it will exist. In a free world, you probably won't be paying more and more and more for something over time. You'll probably be paying less and less and less in a free world. Because in a free world, it's more about flow, more about the dance of human activity, more about what free enterprise is supposed to be. In the world we live in, it's all about tripwires. It's about IRS audits and regulations, about cops and lawyers. In a free world, it's about creating. In a tripwire world, it's about convincing people that destruction is creation. Once again, quote from Dr. Freckles, if the world were less tripwire and more flow, oh, how far we could go. Don't want to talk about boomer bargaining any longer. Um, I had a, another quote from Dr. Freckles. We don't serve the engine fire water. We serve him drinks. And if that sounds racist, that's, you know, that's up to you. That's in your head. No, um, I think that there's a lot of the the racialism of the last couple of years, the social justice warrior nonsense, the virtue signaling around race is be, that just it's absurd because it has to be. It's related to the COVID too, in the sense that people need to believe in this bullshit. They really do. They need to believe that there's some pent up racial issue underpinning every fucking issue. Because like I said, the racial bullshit apparently has a solution. You just cancel people. That doesn't work for starvation. That doesn't work for dying of thirst. That doesn't work if you're, you're out in the middle of nowhere and it's 10 degrees out and you don't know how to start a fire. 
That doesn't help. All that social justice warrior bullshit will die with you and your frozen body. Next topic. So I've been thinking about starting a business, a kind of funeral service, but it's a special funeral service. It won't be expensive. In fact, our prices will range from probably around 50 bucks to maybe 200 bucks. Of course, those prices will change as, you know, Jerome Powell prints money or whoever fucking replaces him. Yes, the prices are subject to inflationary pressure. This will be a new style funeral service for a new style kind of person. I mean, you got to think about this for a second. One of the funeral options will be called Desert Coyote. Yes, I'll sit there in my beat-up station wagon filled with coffee makers and old dead cats. And I'll counsel you on your funeral service options. Option A is Desert Coyote. I strap you to the top of my station wagon. I pick you up at 2 a.m. I take you to New Mexico. We take you to the desert where some of those coyotes hang out. We leave your body naked in the sun. That is a desert coyote funeral service. And if you want us to, we'll take a whole geocache, whatever. We'll get the Latin longitude. We'll put it in an email and send it to your family. And the next time Google does Google Earth, maybe they'll see the bones for desert coyote. Another... You know, funeral service will be called Old, old Hobo Side. Old Hobo Side. It's if you want to make it look like you were killed by a hobo. Now, I won't actually kill you. You'll do all the killing yourself. But I'll make it look like you were murdered by some crazy-ass hobo. Another funeral service option is the five-way hooker lover, the five-way hooker lover cocaine, the five-way hooker combo. You get to have five hookers, five cheap-ass hookers. They're covered in sores. Yes, another option if you have enough money, like 200 bucks, believe me, those hookers are going to be cheap hookers. You can do the five-way hooker-lover-cocaine combo. It'll make it look like you died while having sex with five hookers and doing cheap-ass cocaine. We'll send pictures to your family. We'll post them on Facebook. Facebook. 
Your priest will know. And, and that's going to create a special kind of love glow. And you can add that to the coyote special where we dump your body in the desert. And we make it look like a gangster killed you. Because of your five-way hooker combo. Because you had sex with his wife, his daughter, and his sister. In your five-way hooker combo, you did a lot of cocaine. And you drank a lot of gin. All of it for sin. And then the final funeral service is called Dynamite Dynamite Morning at Deception Pass. Now this is very expensive and so it's probably going to be a thousand bucks. But I drive your ass, your dead ass, to Deception Pass in Washington State. I shove a stick of dynamite up your butt. I, I set a timer. Or, or rather, I have a remote control. I push you over the bridge, your dead body, not living body, at daybreak. And I ignite that stick of dynamite or that two ounces of Semtex about 20 feet above the water so you explode outward and you feed the fucking fish. This is my funeral service for the person who has a lot of money. Next topic. Did you know you are probably a Fed? I'm going to tell you something that it's hard for me to talk about because with the GoDaddy bullshit... And the crap I went through with SoundCloud, who I also paid. Again, if you pay the people, it takes it to a, an interesting whole nother level. And I have come to the conclusion that a lot of people are harassed on the internet no matter where they go. And that has happened to me. And that does not make me special. It's easy to get suckered into a kind of dark paranoia to think that, well, it's about me. No, not really. It's, it's more about just living in a shitty neo-Stalinist hellhole. And we're all in the same shit sandwich and we're all going to have fun until it's over. And who knows when that is. At this point, you're not going to find out in the New York Times. I don't know how to tell you that, but you won't. But I'm inclined to just call people feds now because I think I've had a few people in my life and... I don't want to give more details, but I've had a few people in my life who might have been quote-unquote feds. I'm not saying they were FBI, but could they have been people with some prior felony and some dude said, hey, will you troll this old fat motherfucker? Because he says things like Biden is the mayor of Washington, D.C. Because that's how weak the government is at this point. You know? You're supposed to be afraid, all of you. You're supposed to be afraid of FEMA camps. You're supposed to be afraid of the monkey herpes Rona. You're supposed to be afraid of BLM race war. You're supposed to be afraid of a billion things. You're supposed to be afraid of transsexuals playing female sports. You're supposed to be scared and confused and fucking angry. God forbid you understand that the federal government is a paper tiger. God forbid you understand that that system is falling apart. And they are doing everything they can to cover it up with fear. And there is no end game. If you're, if you're going to say, well, damn, that means that the new... No, no, no. They had the new world order. They had all the power to shut down the world economy effectively in 2020. There is nothing that they needed. They could have killed and raped and abused humanity for another 10,000 years. 
So the fun question is why the fuck did they pull the plug? That's a fun question. If they could do the same wretched evil bullshit they have been doing for thousands of years, why would they stop? Because this idea that's about the new world order or the reset is crap. You don't understand American history or world history if you entertain that crap. We have had a world empire since at least 1945. And certainly the United States, or at least the the deep state, has been an integral part of it. I don't think it's been the whole thing, but it's certainly been a keystone, a, a, a critical part of the formula. You know. So if I ever accuse you of being a Fed, understand this. I live on the Death Star. I live with Death Star people. They all have Death Star jobs. They all read Death Star journals. They tell me about Death Star podcasts. They tell me about horse dewormer. Shove a potato up your butt, baby. Cure yourself of the monkey herpes. You know. Yeah, next topic. Work should have a purpose. This is obvious. I don't really want to talk more about that, but work should have a purpose. And the problem with a lot of the work I get right now is it's connected to the corpse. You know, if if any project has to do with understanding this current neo-Stalinist hellhole in any functional sense, it's a lot about the archaeology of things that are evil. And me personally, I don't want to have anything to do with it. If I if I can, I'd rather make a lot less money and focus on something that's about the future. Like, for example, shortwave radio, CB radio, and doing work with websites that can support that. That's something that I'm interested in, and that's something I'm probably going to start working on. Um, but do I really want to work on financial applications or fintech or crypto? No. These are all corpse things. These are things connected to a world that is in my view, mostly dead, and people haven't had the courage to just get up and move along. They, they still need it. It's why the lies work. It's why people will go to the voting booth in 2022. It doesn't matter that it's bullshit. It rewards that part of their soul that needs to believe the bullshit. But work should have a purpose. I would rather go chop a few cords of wood then write a few shitty lines of code. If the code is not going to do anything about the future, I'd rather chop the wood. Um, there are many things I would rather do. I'd rather learn to garden. I'd, la or I'd rather learn to forage than do a lot of the things I've been doing. Even though it's not going to make you any money, it's, it is in many ways more integrally uh, connected in a more integral way to the future than any of this software bullshit, really. And if there are programming things to do, a lot of it has to do with, you know, make boot copies of Linux, you know, back up databases, figure out ways to power your systems in a world where central electricity might not be a thing for a lot of people. So there are things you can do related to computers to think about that world to come, but mining crypto is not one of them, brothers and sisters really really isn't next topic oh all lovers are thrill seekers dr freckles i don't want to talk about that too much 
All lovers are thrill seekers, huh? And and this adding too much salt to your soup, it's like sugar. You know, if we've learned anything from the monkey herpes COVID bullshit, we've learned this. A lot of your neighbors are way too fucking interested in shit that does not uh, really relate to them or apply to them. A lot of your neighbors are nosy as fuck. And they are completely interested in bullshit that they have no business being interested in. This is kind of creepy because it means a lot of your neighbors could get paid to spy on you. And they're probably already being paid. There are a lot of people who don't have any money at all and yet somehow pay the rent. A lot of your neighbors might be getting paid already to troll their own neighbors, okay? So people will say things well, like, you shouldn't have too much salt, Dan. You shouldn't have too much sugar. You shouldn't drink too much beer. And all of this could probably be considered true. But do you really want some motherfucker with a submachine gun busting down your door because you oversalted your fucking eggs? Probably not. And yet when it comes to something, for example, like unpasteurized milk, the FDA, <laughs> so helpful, will bust down your door. Because again, you can't allow people to make choices like that. You have to be helpless. You do. For, for that system to work. I have a link in the notes from the Christmas garbage. I have a link in the notes about another sort of outbreak on cruise ships. Despite, despite people being fully vaxxed, these stories are only designed to make you angry. There is no conclusion. There is no healing. The wound remains open. This psyop continues. When you see stuff like this, it doesn't matter if you can verify the story or not. The purpose of the story is to keep people immobilized. And I gotta say, even though they're shitty fucking people and what they're doing is catastrophically, historically terrible, I kind of give them props. The, the monkey herpes, even more than the race war, it's probably why the race war got de-emphasized, the monkey herpes is a powerful psyop. It's kept people in line, you know? A lot of people you would have thought are rational are behaving like um, mentally deformed little kids. They're not even able to figure their way out of anything. So yeah, the, the COVID is awesome. If you're a Bond villain... You can appreciate the COVID. It's, it's a powerfully interesting fucking psyop. Indeed, next topic. I don't want to talk about the freaking cruise ship bullshit. It's just a lot of fear bullshit. Another quote from Dr. Freckles. I'm a long-term optimist, short-term pessimist. Been there, talked about that. Power's a sweaty stick of dynamite. Talked about that. Cities are livestock yards. Another Dr. Freckles quote. I think that's been talked about. And I'm just here drinking my cocoa. As I think about things, we're almost to the end of all this garbage, almost. We're getting there. 
I have a note that says crypto is a furnace. And it's related to what I think has been going on in part with the COVID, which means the base case is austerity and, and currency collapse. And it's really something that's been an ongoing process, arguably since 1971 or 72, when Nixon closed the gold window. But it really did accelerate around the turn of this century, this last century. And now it really is accelerating again. Um, when crypto appeared as an option, and I don't want to get into the Satoshi paper too much, um, the fact that it sort of magically appeared in 2009, in my opinion, is no accident. The fact that to this date, I don't think anybody knows who or what Satoshi is, is also no accident. I, I think that, and I've read the paper, believe me, I've read the Satoshi paper, I've read the Ethereum paper, I've dug into crypto enough to have an educated opinion about it. And the one thing about crypto since 2009, in topological terms, it's been a sink. A lot of resources go into it, a lot of time goes into it, a lot of money goes into it, but like a GoDaddy website, it's it's just nothing. You're basically feeding a fire. It will go nowhere, it will simply be shit. Crypto is a furnace. I think, and I think I've said this before, I don't really know that we're going to experience a market crash, for example, associated with collapse. I think they're currently doing everything they can to keep all the plates spinning. And if plates are falling on the ground, they're trying to convince you, well, it's a hacker. It's the Russians. It's the monkey herpes. They're giving you all kinds of bullshit excuses. But towards the end, one of the indications that we could be at the end is cryptos will spike. I think people will rotate out of, if they can, a lot of people are trapped by 401k plans, you name it, they're, they're trapped, they're trapped by their own diseased minds, they're fucked. But people that quote unquote have financial agility, they'll rotate and they will rotate into cryptos. They will go into cryptos. The crypto people will get exactly what they want. And at that moment, that's pretty much when the crypto system will barf. It'll choke, it'll fail. Um, and people will know it to be the furnace that it is, the Roach Motel that it is. You put your time, your effort, and your resources into it, and you can never get it back. So crypto is a furnace. Next topic, and I got a link to an article for this, but it turns out in Germany, if you want to get euthanized, if you want to get killed in Germany you have to get the COVID-19 vaccine. Does it sound absurd? Does it sound crazy? It sounds batshit sideways. You went to a wet market in Wuhan and ate an uncooked fucking wombat crazy bullshit. It's crazy. You have to get vaccinated before you can get euthanized. But if you understand that all these batshit crazy people need to believe this, then it's, it's I know why they believe it, why they accept it, because they got to. You have to. You have to. Some of you motherfuckers think you're enlightened because you think COVID is kind of real and it kind of came from China. But what if the truth is it's not real at all? It's a complete fiction. It's make-believe. Well, you're not ready for that, are you, fucker?
So you need to like read shit like this and see it as a kind of thing. This is just more news designed to piss people off. This is just more, everybody was vaccinated on the cruise ship and everybody got the COVID. It's more news designed to keep you immobilized, brothers and sisters. Next topic. Oh boy, cream cheese shortage. I don't want to talk about the cream cheese shortage. I don't even know if there is one, but that was the last of my Christmas garbage left over from Christmas. If you listen to this podcast and you like the podcast, you can donate. There is a donation link uh, to PayPal that is included in the notes and included in the information on Spotify and Anchor. And so if you feel so inclined, you can. But here's the caveat. You need to take care of your food, your water, your shelter. You need to get yourself enough food for your family and your pets for 6 to 12 months if you can. Um, you need to think about practical skills. You need to invest in yourself and real books. I don't mean make-believe books that need electricity. I mean actual books that work when there is no electricity. You need to get yourself a dictionary because while this nonsense lasts, they will not just cancel people, they will cancel concepts. They will remove words. You need to get yourself a book on first aid, a book on foraging, a, a book on herbal medicine. There are many things people need to do. If you've taken care of the things you need to do, you've taken care of the people you love, and you like this podcast, and you have a few bucks, and you haven't donated before and you want to, feel free. But if you don't have the money, don't donate. There are lots of things you can do in lieu of donating. One thing you can do is you can take the links for this uh, podcast and you can email them to friends. On the other hand, that might be more difficult than sending me 10 bucks. So, you know, there's that. And if you've already donated, do not you should not feel obligated to donate again. I have a lot of very generous listeners and uh, I know that money's tight, so... This is just a message to people who, like I said, have the money and haven't donated, and if they want to. Other than that, this has been the Planetary Stats Report for Monday, January the 3rd, 2022, in the age of Bo Blimptock. Yes, we we aren't quite to Grinkin's Eve yet. I thought Grinkin's Eve would happen in December. It's not there yet, though. Grinkin's Eve still a ways off. That means Red Thursday is still not here yet, but Red Thursday is going to be real special, especially if you're part of a flash mob. Get your knives sharpened. Get out your chain. Get out your pillowcase of rocks. Get out your rage and despair. Put it on a fucking t-shirt. Run down the street of your mind. Look for the soldiers of regret. Shove a stick of dynamite in their ear and say hello, Gombo Priest. 
How do you like the morning time? And good night.